When it comes to motorsport, the reliability of the wiring harness is one of the most common reasons we see cars fail out on the racetrack. And with the amount of money being poured into preparing a race car and then attending a race meeting, this sort of reliability problem really is inexcusable. So this is where motorsport wiring comes into the game, getting a proper, well-built, reliable wiring harness that we know we're not going to have any problems with. Now, I've got Chris from 12 Volt Performance here in Australia who is responsible uh, for a lot of jobs, obviously, here at World Time Attack, but in particular, he's wired up the Tilton Evo, Tilton version 2.0 behind me. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes, we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech-filled interviews with some of the industry's most well-known figures and presented it in podcast format for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. So Chris, for a start, let's just go back. I want to find out how you actually got involved with motorsport wiring. It's one of those sort of industries that's incredibly difficult to find solid information on and in general there's not a school that you kind of go to and actually learn that. So how did you get involved? Uh, Originally I worked on a project that was already previously wired from a guy with a lot of experience in wiring and I at that stage I was working on building looms, mainly a lot of you know lower end sort of ECUs and I thought, wow, this is great, like, where do I learn? And, you know, that, that, that was pretty much the basis, you know, to start. So originally you're building sort of the more garden variety wiring harnesses yeah. and you've seen this professional motorsport wiring harness come through the door and it sort of lit, lit up your eyes and you've kind of wanted to aspire to, to learn how to do that? Yeah, that's correct. And then plus there was a ECU company I was doing a bit of work for, Amtron ECU, and uh, that kind of pushed me to, they wanted to be the higher end of the market. They needed the, the backup from the, the wiring. So it pushed me to learn. Unfortunately, there wasn't a lot available at the time to learn from. So it was a lot of trial and error on previous jobs that I had done. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bit OCD as well. So neatness is imperative in, in my profession and always just strive to, you know, make a, a neat loom. So, you, you know, you try different methods. There's obviously, you, you can see stuff on Instagram and Facebook and whatnot and um, yeah, you just, you know, you, you kind of like follow the leader in a way. You see guys in, in other industry, you know, uh, like race spec is a good example. His looms are incredible and that's the level that I wanted to be so I just keep progressing and um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's reasonable to say that these techniques aren't impossible to learn as you kind of pointed out. It's difficult to get solid resources on on how to learn and uh, seeing the likes of of these sort of professional motorsport wiring harnesses being posted up on Instagram gives you that sort of information. You can sort of say, oh yeah, I can see how they've done that and then you can start applying that and and developing your own skill set. That's sort of the the way it's gone, testing and refining. It has in a way, yeah, but you know, you you do stumble on little small issues uh, along the way and you you just improve and um, a lot of it was uh, mainly heat. And which introduced me to start using Raychem. And um, the, the, the biggest part was the concentric twisting, is getting that right. So, yeah, concentric, concentric twisting is great, but the, you know, your layers had to be 
set in a certain way to get the weight reduction out of the harness and to get it looking nice where the OCD part sort of kicks in. So. Yeah, there's a huge amount of planning that comes into concentric twisting. We'll come back to that, but I think probably for our viewers who are thinking to themselves, well, what actually makes for a, I'll use the term professional motorsport wiring harness, or you quite often hear the term mil-spec being thrown around, sometimes with people not really understanding the implications of that term. But for you, what would you define as the difference between a garden variety a wiring harness that you'd see in your everyday enthusiast street car and something like you've built here for the Tilton Evo? Yeah, most of it's really just the wire. Um, uh, motorsport wiring is Tafsil wire, so there is a huge difference between the Tafsil wire and a TXL general wire, uh, mainly the heat. Uh, secondly is the stranding, and thirdly would be the uh, the fact that it's tin-coated copper and a TXL is copper. So you fall into water problems... The other thing I think that's worth mentioning there is that the TXL versus the Tefsil wire, you've mentioned the heat rating and TXL insulation generally around about 85 degrees C versus 150 C for the Tefsil wire insulation. But the other important thing for motorsport, obviously weight is key and size is key and that Tefsil insulation incredibly thin compared to the TXL. And moving on, it's not just about the wire as well. We've obviously mentioned the concentric twisting, but it's also the connectors and the insulation method that you use so can you talk to us a little bit about those differences so the tooling that we use is um, like we only use proper the DMC tooling yeah the DNC tooling yeah. the techniques or the the tooling required to properly terminate an auto sport connector yes that's correct and those auto sport connectors that's one of the areas we see these really nice uh, easy to work with bulky connectors but unfortunately they're also cringingly expensive yes Unfortunately they are, but at the end of the day, the results speak for themselves. So, In terms of the autosport connectors you've got there, uh, the other aspect is that with a proper motorsport harness, it is really well sealed from environmental impacts such as moisture and dust ingress. So can you talk to us a little bit about the techniques used for sheathing the, the harness and then also sealing the back of those, boot, uh, the back of those uh, connectors? So there's a couple of different options um, depending on the harness, depending on the complexity of the car. So if we know that the harness is going to be in an environment where it is going to get oiled and whatnot, we use a, a resin. Uh, behind the boots and that uh, ensures that the harness is going to be attached to the boot waterproof yeah so you've just mentioned boots there so you're talking heat molded boots so these are what seal the back of the connectors that's correct yes but that resin really takes that one step further making sure you got no chance of moisture ingress that's correct yes so when it comes to planning a wiring harness for the likes of the Tilton Evo, can you kind of give us some insight into your thought process? Where do you get started? Okay, so first of all, you need to spend a bit of time with the car and understand what they want to do with the car. We've got a list of sensors that we need to run. Then we sit down and work out what devices we need to use. We have a, a, a basically a plan put together from the data guys of what they want. And it's just a step-by-step. -step. This goes here, that goes there. So straight away... You, you have to, in your head, work out a, you know, it's like a, a jigsaw puzzle. Like a jigsaw puzzle. You got items in certain places of the car. Yeah. You have to get one wire from A to one wire to the B. Yeah. So. So once you've got a bit of a plan on where all of the components lie in the car, do you go ahead and then design a, a dummy loom to get all of your lengths correct first, or how do you do that? Is that sort of all part of your documentation and then you can just build straight off that? So what I normally do is uh, everything is measured so I know from certain points of the car where things need to be, and uh, upon building that, 
harness, it, it kind of constructs together. Everything, you know that it's going to be in the, in the right place before you actually start cutting wires. That's correct, yeah. I think that's probably one of the things that even at the enthusiast level I see so many people wiring cars overlook is properly planning and there's an old saying that I really like is failing to plan is planning to fail. So it's really important, you take the time and it might feel like it's wasted to start with but spending a few hours actually planning out what you're going to do, where you're going to put your wires and then documenting that makes the rest of the process actually go so much faster and then you've got that documentation to refer to later on if there is a problem. That's correct, yeah. So everything is written in a Excel spreadsheet and so everything is related um, breakouts. And particularly in the heat of a, a race meeting here, if by chance there is a problem that needs to be fault found or you want to make a, a minor change, having that documentation does make that so much easier. Now you mentioned the technique of concentric twisting and everyone, anyone who has an interest in motorsport wiring has probably seen uh, a sample, a photo of a concentrically twisted harness and I know particularly if you haven't done it before it can be a little bit confusing what's going on there. So can you talk us through what a concentrically twisted harness is? It's basically wires twisted together in different layers. Um, it's uh, strain relief and flexibility for the loom. So you can go around corners, there's no strain in, in, the, in the wiring, um, and plus uh, there's yeah, just the flexibility. So I think it's, it's important to mention here, one of the reasons we get that flexibility is that the individual layers can basically slide or move relative to the other layers and you know, what you've just mentioned there as well with strain relief which is really important for liability uh, and make sure that no individual wire in the concentric twisted harness has uh, got any more strain applied to it than any others. There are some downsides though in terms of the use of filler wire etc. Can you talk to us about what that term filler wire is? Filler wire is basically just a dummy wire to fill in the layers to make the the layer complete yep. so there's no humps in the, in the wiring. Because each of those concentric twisted layers has to have a certain number of wires? That's correct, yeah. So the hardest part in the concentric twisting is you've got X amount of wires and you have to make them all complete. So you start playing around with different base layers and different numbers and uh, that, that's where it starts getting complicated. So you're talking about basically trying to work out your layer numbers so that you're minimising the need for filler wire? That's correct, yeah. So again, you're trying to get the weight out of the harness. So you, uh, a good example, you might have two 12-gauge wires and 24, 22-gauge wires. And, in your ex- and unfortunately, it is inexperience that you need to understand you know, how many wires you're going to need for your next layer. And then you're left with X amount of la- wires. And if you have, uh, let's say, you've completed a, uh, a layer and you have seven wires left, then, you know, you might need to add another 20 wires. And then Which doesn't make a lot of sense, right? It doesn't, no. Then the harness gets heavy. So, again, that really comes back down to the planning and how important that is right at the outset. That's correct, yes. Do you want to take your car knowledge game to the next level? Join us in the next free lesson at hpacademy.com slash free and start developing your own skills today. Now, I think one of the aspects that's often overlooked is, yes, this is a, a beautiful-looking harness when it's complete. Uh, it is going to be reliable. That's great, particularly at professional motorsport level where budget is no issue. But for the enthusiasts at the sort of uh, grassroots level, enthusiast level who are aspiring to own one of these harnesses or maybe build their own, it's important to mention there's a huge amount of time that goes into this, and time, of course, is money. So could you give us some ballparks? Obviously, it's going to depend on the, the, the specific job, but... 
not in terms of money specifically, but I mean, how many hours would you typically spend on constructing a harness? Well, an engine loom, you might construct... Uh, between 20 to 40 hours it just depends on the you know your sensors and your inputs your outputs and whatnot plus um, a lot of guys that we sit down with when we before we build the harness we'll sit down and say hey what do you want to do with the car you might not have everything on the car now but you want to allow for that because obviously when you start adding on into a loom that's when it starts you know looking bad and problems can happen and yeah, it's one of those points as well with the professional motorsport wiring harness with DR25 sheathing and moulded boots and it's very difficult to then make significant changes to that harness and add on. So this is what you're talking about, basically future-proofing the harness, getting all of those potential upgrades at least into the harness right from the get-go even if you might not be using them initially. Yes, that's correct. All right, look, Chris, it's been great to get some insight into what goes into these harnesses. You've done some beautiful work here, uh, particularly on the Tilton Evo behind us. If people want to find out more about your work or reach out, how can they get in touch? Just look us up on Facebook, 12 Old Performance, or even Instagram, 12 Old Performance. Perfect. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on. It goes a long way to helping us get the word out there. All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe.